hear that, Grant? Do you hear it? Welcome in. Bill Michaels show. That's Bill Michaels intro music. Ben Kenny Grant Bill's in for Bill today. But no, that little that little pitter-patter, like rain on a roof, that's another outlet as we sit today, hyping up the potential and sky-high ceiling of Iowa defensive lineman Lucas Van Ness. It's everywhere. Everywhere you look. Everywhere you turn. Does this mean he's going to fall? Because if everybody loves him, then obviously no one takes him. I, I don't know. Everywhere you look, Grant. I go on Twitter. Oh, here's Chuck Pagano breaking down how amazing he's going to be. Everywhere I look. That's on me. Your mic was on. I can't wait to drive home tonight and see a billboard of Lucas Van Ness oh. on the south side of lacrosse for some reason. Oh. Like promoting Quick Trip. Just He's, he's out, out of nowhere holding chocolate milk. That's the key to his, what was the word? Chiseled body. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, I mean... I couldn't think of a better quick trip ambassador in this draft than Lucas Van Ness. Yeah, that's a good take. (laughs) 877-867-1670. Ben Kenny Grant Bills are in for Bill Michaels. Rob Domofsky was just on ESPN on SportsCenter talking about Rogers trade talks. The Jets and Packers have reengaged. There was a phone call between Gutekunst and Joe Douglas. Here is the exchange on SportsCenter about what's going on and maybe what we can expect going forward. As we now have picked number 13 on Thursday night, believed to be a sticking point in those negotiations. So where do we stand as of today? Yeah, Hannah, here's why we may not see a deal done on Thursday night before that first round or even during that first round. Both sides have pretty much given up on the 13th pick being involved in this. The Jets aren't going to part with it. The Packers have either stopped asking for it or just know they're not going to get it. That's why Friday could be the more likely and really more important day in this because the Packers are going to want compensation in that second round. Of course, the, the second round is Friday, third round also Friday. But if they're going to get something that's going to help them in this draft, that deal has to be done before the Jets go on the clock. In the second round, they have two first-round picks, at least, or sorry, sorry, two second-round picks. At least one of those picks would have to be in this deal. If they don't get anything done by the time that second round starts, we may be talking about this, Hannah, in August and waiting for a deal to get done. And you pointed out that Brian Gutekunst is going to talk right here in this room later today. It's worth noting that that is his regularly scheduled pre-draft news conference that all general managers are required to do before the draft. This is not necessarily a sign that they're anywhere closer to a deal with the Jets. There he is, Rob Domofsky. Uh, If it is not done this weekend, we could be talking about it and waiting until August. I refer back to previous statements made on this show uh, by both of us that there is nothing I would want to do less or would want to have the Packers go through less than still answering about this in August. In July, for example, I like to watch NBA summer league games. I would prefer to not have to have tweet notifications for Rob Domofsky and (laughs) Bill Huber and Jason Wildey. I just prefer to be done with it. And I know it's a selfish me thing because this is what I do for a job, but I don't think Packers fans want this to be a, an open-ended thing all summer. That would suck be really annoying and it's you said maybe even counterproductive not just not productive but maybe counterproductive for the team as they try to 
move on to be the Jordan Love-led Packers. So what is that worth? What is not dealing with that all summer worth? A fourth-round pick? Probably, yeah. Third might be a little too too much there, where a third I could see the sticking point. Pushing it, but I'd probably still... I'd probably still just trade him, even if it cost me a third-round pick. Wouldn't you? I would as well, but I'm selfish, and I work in the media, and I I approach these things in a very selfish manner. Again, so that there are not these clips that continue to come out, and then I have to play them. 877-867-1670. He did mention what's going on in uh, actually the room he is, is standing in during the hit. And that is Brian Gudikins meeting with the media coming up at 3.30, less than two and a half hours from now. We will play it. We will talk about it on tomorrow's show. Uh, but what do you expect? Let's start there. What do you expect? What do you want to hear from the Packers GM? He's probably not going to say anything about Rodgers. I don't want him to do what he did at the owners' meetings in the NFL annual meetings. I don't know. I- I'm not a a guy that feels the need to set the record straight. I'm not a guy that like needs to be right to be right. So I would prefer my general manager to just let bygones be bygones with Rogers and allow this to play out. So Rogers said something that is his version of the truth and maybe doesn't reflect reality. If it doesn't negatively affect the Packers, we don't need to address it. We don't need to, we don't need to go down that road of a, he said, she said, because I don't think it's productive. I think it's counterproductive because I think Rodgers gets more dug in. Maybe the Jets get more dug in. And there's more animosity between Rodgers and his organization. Obviously, the organization that that one day he'll be remembered for playing for the Packers. I don't want to sour that relationship. So I would like Goody to take the high road and avoid talking about Rodgers at any and all costs, if it's possible. He'll be asked about it. Of course. Yeah, I I would like for him to do a Mark Murphy and say that the state has warned me not to speak on the matter for fear of repercussions. But the beauty about this press conference is we have not gotten a full Rodgers on McAfee diatribe preceding it. There's not something for Gudikins to react to and clear his name about, or at least I would doubt he would feel like he has to. I think that was handled when he spoke at owners meetings. But yes, I, I wonder if there are negotiation tactics he puts out there but I don't see there really being any. I I think it's pretty straightforward where everybody is. It's just a question of how desperate do both sides get and who gets desperate first to actually finish it. I I would like him to get asked about Lucas Van Ness. (laughs) Thoughts on the prospect, thoughts on the fit, things of that nature. Um, But I don't know. This just feels like a say a lot of words and don't say much of a message press conference today. Yeah, and uh, maybe maybe Mike Clements will be at the press conference today, and he'll say something like, uh, Brian, I, I don't know if you were listening to today's Bill Michaels show, but Ben Kenny and Grant Bills did a lot of prospect primering. Did you know that Lucas Van Ness's nickname is Hercules? And if so, does that have any impact on your interest in potentially selecting him with the 15th overall pick? And Goody will say, well, no, I'm not going to speak on that, you know, any of our plans for the draft. Come on, Mike. Ask him for the show, for the network. <laughs> do, you, do you have any concerns about your first-round pick at number 15 uh, dating the sister of a Chicago bear? <laughs> Conflict of interest. <laughs> yeah. No, I would 
I would be in on that. I, I wonder if he's going to get asked about the David Bakhtiari podcast. I wonder. Because Bakhtiari was on another show recently and cleared it up by saying he was referring to the Packers front office as they, as in that's the word he used instead of we when it comes to the, the Packers, it seemed like. I still, if you go back and listen, there were still some moments there where it's like, not talking about the front office, talking about the team. You're not talking about whether the front office is going to be good this year. You're talking about whether the team will be good. So I don't buy that explanation, but I wonder if Gudikins is asked about it and and what the attitude is. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird. I I don't know if it means anything. I don't know if David Bakhtiari meant anything by it, but it was weird. Like, don't tell me it wasn't weird. Oh, that's just a player on a pocket. It was kind of weird though. The way that you said they, Again, I don't really care, and I don't know if it means anything. But don't tell me it's not weird, because it's weird. For sure. 877-867-1670. What do you want to hear from Brian Gudikins? What do you expect to hear in the presser today? Let's go back to the phones. Line one, you're on the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got? Hey, boys, it's Richie. How are we doing today? Richie, how are you, man? What's up? I'm I'm, uh, I'm one of Durant's harassers, so I just figured I'd call in today here because I got some time. Oh, you guys are uh, all I, welcome. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you, Ben, on the whole Brewers pitching situation. Uh, before we even consider trying to send Freddie to the bullpen, because I just, I personally don't think that would be a good plan. Uh, I think we need to stick with the uh, the formula that's been working over the last few years. We've got two or three starting pitchers right now sitting in AAA that could come up and be that middle reliever like we've done with Brandon Woodruff, like we did with Corbin Burns, like we've done with Freddie Peralta, like we started doing with Aaron Ashby. Like there's more guys that we can do that with and plug into that role versus trying to uh, change up the role of a guy that's already established at the major league level. Well, who would that, who would that be? Gasser? The the kid yeah, they got you know, for yeah. Hader? Because a bunch of the yeah, other yeah. guys are hurt. Caleb Bushley? Uh, I, uh, is, is Ethan Small injured again? <laughs> I know he seems to be on the injured list a lot, but, uh, you know, there's like, there's still guys. Yeah. Gasser, I guess would be the big one. Um, uh, and now I'm draw uh, uh, well, and even, uh, uh, Jansen junk, you know, like I know he, mm. he got roughed up a little bit when they brought him, when they did bring him up, but then he went right back to AAA and has been dominant again. So, you know, yeah. I, I think maybe finding a, a good role for junk, you know, there, there's options, I think better options out there than trying to, change Freddie Peralta's role at this point in the season. Yeah, I guess it's a it's a longer outlook thing if when everybody else is healthy because the fact he did it last year tells me that he could adapt to it, but it's not necessarily to me about getting guys to pitch the innings, it's about getting effectiveness because the Brewers plan over the last couple of years has had the luxury of dominant relievers and then a guy like Brad Boxberger who could get through innings. But this year, they have a dominant reliever. They have a couple guys that are maybe pitching like it, and then the depth just falls off a cliff, which is right, where the concern right, yeah. lies for me. And, and again, you know, we're sitting here dealing with injuries, too. Like, I, I think, you know, Varland was looking really good, but now he takes one off, well, almost takes one off the dome. Right. <laughs> and, is, uh, you know, he's out for a little bit. You know, I, I don't know. I just... Uh, I, I just feel like um, I would rather uh, look at other avenues long before trying to move Freddie. You know, like it's one thing, like, when we get to the playoffs, and I think you might have mentioned that, too, you know, when you shrink your rotation and then you put Freddie out there, and then, you know, that fifth, sixth, seventh inning that you're talking about that is absolutely of utmost importance in in the playoff scenario. But I think in, a, in, the, in the long season, 
I would rather have him. And even though, like you said, he's not a big innings guy, I would still rather have him in the starting rotation and find some other guy that can maybe piece together a couple of innings in the middle of it, you know, in game 73 of the regular season, uh, you know, and maybe drop a game if it means that's what it comes to, then, then moving him out of that rotation. And I, I mean, you know, cause I know you're talking about like when people get healthy, okay. What if that doesn't happen or how long, however long that takes, mm. you know, would you rather, I guess with what we have right now, would you rather put Freddie in the bullpen and then have Gosser taking over the starting role? Or would you rather just leave Freddie where he is? This is what he's been doing. This is what he's been preparing for. He's in that pitching every six day mentality or would you want to move him and then bring a, a possible unknown into that starting rotation? And, and me personally, I would much rather leave Freddie in that starting role. Yes, I'm with you there. If the health stays exactly how it is and you don't have Brandon Woodruff, then Peralta's not leaving the rotation. But if Miley pitches how he's pitching and Woodruff comes back, then I would maybe look at that. But Gasser's an interesting, yeah. like, like he does feel like the guy that could fill that role. And mm-hmm. I, I admittedly have not followed closely. I think he's doing well in the minors he's, this he's year so doing, far. Yeah. Yeah. He's been on fire down there. He's been, I don't want to say untouchable, but like, he's had some mm-hmm. really, really good games. That would make sense. All right. I, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's a long-term outlook and it's, it's a look at when you have to win a couple games, say it's September or the playoffs, then right. I need my most talented pitchers in the game. And when you don't have any talent in the depth of the bullpen, but if the health stays the way it is, you need Peralta up there. I mean, I mean, this is all saying if he gets through the season, which he has not done in some time. (laughs) Well, and I I admit to being, to being guilty for this. Uh, My, one of my really good friends, Brandon and I, we um, (laughs) been a little bit lacking this year for personal reasons, but we've been trying to do a Brewers podcast for a few years now. Mm. And him and I are both very guilty. Uh, I, I obviously I'm living in the moment and I love this, but I start watching the minor leagues and I'm like, Oh my God, there was a spring training game this year. This is, this is our starting batting rotate or, you know, this is the starting batting order in 2025. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) So I do admit to looking forward a little bit, maybe too much that I should too. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I appreciate it, man. As always, uh, grant any of your harassers are, are more than welcome to. Yeah. Richie's an interesting guy. He's one of our brewers regulars. Uh, he also hails from Alaska and gives really good input on the Iditarod. Oh gosh, the Alaska! Yeah, yeah. I'll not, tell you not what, Alaska, yeah. the Alaska. That tripped me up the first time. If I'm being completely honest. Oh really? First time working on the show, somebody called in from on Alaska. I had not previously heard of said city, given I do not, I'm not from here originally, and I, I did look up. Well, no, first I asked him if he was from Alaska, and then I looked it up. But I've since learned. Since learned a lot. I, I've not been to Alaska. I've been north enough. I've been as north as Alaska in Canada, but it was on the eastern side. Where in, I'm going to pull up a map. Where in Canada did you go? Uh, it, it's not a place. I was, I was camping. We were out there, so I was, uh, I could point it out. There's a very large lake. If you look up. Well, I'm going to well, forget the name. Um, it, you could see it right from, a, from a global map. It's very long and skinny on the right side of Canada. Starts okay. with an M. Um, I wonder if this is it. 
Lake Melville. No, no, it's not it. I'll, I'll, I'll find it. Um, I really thought we had that long and skinny, and I zoomed in, and it was an M. Damn. Yeah, I was up there uh, camping for uh, about a month. Oh, it's uh, Lake Mistassini. Ah. But we started there and then went up to um, Lagrand 3, I believe. I want to go to Canada. I've never been. Maybe you can share some tips with me. Canada's great. Or something. Uh, if, if you've seen Super Troopers 2, that is, that is what everybody's picture of Canada should be because that movie is hilarious. Yeah. You know, when they change the speed signs from kilometers to miles an hour and Canadians drive by and say very nice insults. <laughs> That's what it is. It's incredible. Oh, uh, but no, Canada's great. It, it, it's a very beautiful place, I would say. 877-867-1670. Uh, thoughts on the country of, of Canada. Uh, Do you have a favorite province? I'm a big fan of Quebec. Okay. Generally speaking. I've spent a lot of time in Montreal. I've been camping up in Quebec for very long periods of time. Some would call it a third home, I guess. You don't. You just don't strike me as a camping guy. I've I've camped. I've done a lot of camping. Yes. Tent? Uh, canoe camping. Uh, Look where at the, you. There's a lot of mobility involved, actually. You are going from place to place. I, I believe we traveled a, a span of 400 miles in 36 days. Holy balls. Which is a lot. There's a lot of movement. A lot of movement. I will let you take your break now. I have more things and questions that I could ask you about your camp. I could talk to you about this for a while. I will let you I will let you stop. Yeah, I don't think people Continue care. Show. Thank you. 877-867-1670. When we come back, uh, we'll keep talking Brewers baseball. What would you do with the pitching staff? Brian Gudikins meeting with the media in about two hours. We will preview that as well. It's the Bill Michaels Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right. Bill Michael Show, we're back. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills. Big sports night in the state coming up tonight. Uh, obviously, Brewers and Tigers, you could hear it on many of these stations. 640 American Family Field, Colin Ray, Matthew Boyd. The lefty coming out. I will see if some some solid play from Yelich. No no show here would be complete without noting when Yelich gets hits. Batting average up to 250. He does uh, not have much experience off Boyd, but good time for the Brewers to bounce back and maybe get a decisive win against a bad team. 7-13 Tigers coming to American Family Field. And then you have the Bucks. Visiting the Heat, down 2-1 in the series, seven-point favorites. Looks like Giannis is going to play, as was reported this morning by Shams. They said, barring any setbacks, which to me says he's going to play unless something really significant hampers his progress, all the pregame work and such. Uh, Grant, but I wanted to, as a way to preview that game, as we look at what's going on for the rest of the day, who needs a big game for? Who needs the biggest game for? Is it Giannis? Is it that simple? Just come back, dominate, everything's good? Or is it someone else? Who needs the biggest game for? Um, is it is it a cop-out to just say Brooke? Uh, it's Brooke. No, that's the exact angle I was going to go. He was my biggest he, disappointment from game three next to Middleton. Yeah. 
So I, I think with Giannis coming back, that means Bam is now covering Giannis, most likely. And if not, Giannis has a pretty good matchup. But Bam is going to be on Giannis most of the time, which means the Bucks will either go small. I don't think they should do that. I think they should have Giannis and Bobby or Giannis and Brooke on the floor at the same time. So who is now guarding Brooke? 6'5", Max Struess. Right. Already shown that you can exploit that matchup. They showed that early in game two. I just think Giannis coming back gives opportunities. Yes, and I, he has to capitalize on it. I would like to see a similar approach as game two. Just dominate on the inside and let the three-point shooting supplement it. Get a lead. It's kind of like football. The old thing is, you know, you, you run to establish the pass. These days, it's you get a lead, you run to keep it for, for the Bucks. I, I had this exact conversation with someone. Was it you? Or was it a caller on my show? It was not me. I can't remember. Made the same analogy last week. I said it's like football, where you run to set up the pass or pass to set up the run. It's the same thing. Go inside, and then that'll open up the three-point line. Grind him inside. Yeah, and that's it, it should be a big Lopez night. Uh, not to elicit gambling advice on this show because I am admittedly a bad gambler. So I can relate to those that don't have much success. But generally speaking, Brooke Lopez overs, I, I think would be a, a fun way to do it. And and maybe a, a safe bet tonight. Uh, Giannis needs a big game defensively. And I don't say that expecting him not to have one. But the defense has to improve. And his presence will help improve it. But that's got to start to like, you can't get tight. You can't let the heat get a lead. You can't let the building get excited. They get up by 15 in the second quarter or whatever. Because when you get down and the Bucks have the pressure with Giannis now back on the road in a place where the heat win a lot of games, you got to start hot and, and you, you need a better defensive effort than we've seen. Yeah. And I think Giannis's flexibility is part of that. I'd be okay if they brought Giannis back tonight and Giannis extends or expends would be the correct word. More energy and a lot of his focus on defense and shoring up a lot of the things that made this Bucks defense great all year. This Bucks team did a really good job of limiting three-point attempts for the first time in Bud's tenure this season. And for the last couple of games and for maybe about a week or two headed into the playoffs, that kind of went south. So if Giannis comes back and they make a concerted effort to limit three-point attempts and really run functional, crisp defense like they did for the whole year, I don't know that Giannis is going to need to score 30. I think that'll open up opportunities for the Bucs in transition. And when you get stops, makes it easier to take the ball, run, and score because you're not always going up against a, a half-court defense that's set, as would be the case if the Heat were pouring in threes and then having time to get back. So if Giannis comes back and just shores up their defense, I think Chris and Drew and Brooke can do a lot of the heavy lifting on offense. I think that's best case scenario tonight. Because if you start leaning on Giannis to do too much offensively, things can turn into a slog, especially with Giannis maybe not 100% healthy. That worries me, especially in that building. If Giannis is going to the free throw line a lot and the crowd's really into it, that worries me. Yeah, the Bucs were out-rebounded by seven on Saturday, but same... Each team had eight offensive rebounds. The Heat had thirty uh, seven more, 36 total defensive rebounds because the Bucks missed more shots than they did. That's something that you could also chalk up to the shooting either way, where, yeah. yes, 
the pace of the game will be affected greatly by a, a positive impact of Giannis on the defensive end. I just I, I truly wonder what the what the back looks like. I wonder if yeah. he is truly a hundred percent or if he feels pressure that now that they are somewhat on the ropes, not totally, but they're approaching the ropes, their back is getting closer to the wall. I wonder if he looks at it as I, I need to go out, e- even if I'm not as mobile as I normally am. I, I wonder what it looks like. And I think we're going to get a good sense of it from the start. Yeah. I think Bucks fans who believe that they were simply resting Giannis the last few games, I think those Bucks fans are a little bit naive. This isn't Major League Baseball where a manager might not use his closer because his team is up four runs, right? And he's playing for tomorrow and wants the closer to be fresh. If Giannis is close enough to 100% to play, he plays last week twice. The Bucs simply aren't resting him. This is the playoffs. So this is a significant injury. I guess the question just becomes how how much better has it gotten since it originally happened? And how much better will it get? Status? That's another yeah. thing. Yep. Does playing make it worse? Would rest be the thing that instantly makes it better? Or is this just time is all that's needed? The, the thing about resting Giannis... You can rest Giannis if you sweep the heat. That's when rest comes. Yeah. In terms that of that is out the window. The Bucks obviously. approach. That is indeed out the window. I would still say the Bucks win in six. Weirdly confident about it, especially with Giannis coming back. I don't think, again, that performance Saturday will matter when they win the series and go forward in terms of how bad they looked. But the question is, like, they have that performance in them, which scares me. Which we've kind of We've kind of known they suck in game ones, but we normally don't see that later in the series. That's what sticks with me. I'm glad that you feel good. I'm glad that you feel confident. It makes me happy. It I, makes I, me feel I rarely feel confident. I know. That's why it makes me feel good. They're just better. Like, they should be much better. Should it be an issue? I, I think what you said earlier is great. It's when when the heat and their role players that shouldn't matter start to matter, they're in trouble. But it's easy to make those guys not matter. Talking about uh, Duncan Robinson and and others. The Bucs' issue is that they've just brought them in, brought them into the series, brought them into games. And then once they get hot, you could see how they they continue it. 877-867-1670. You also got uh, the rest of the NBA slate going on. Interesting day yesterday with the Knicks taking a commanding lead over the Cavs in another sloppy low scoring game. I don't think the winner of either of either of those teams, the winner of that series would concern me if I was the Bucks in, in the next round, you have a crazy warriors Kings game with a Chris Weber oh. moment from Steph warriors. Oh. Hang on to tie it at two staring the end in the face there with, I think, a Harrison Barnes missed three to... The Kings should have won. To win it. They should have won. They should have. De'Aaron Fox was awesome. I was uh, sick to my stomach. The the Celtics took care of the Hawks. Uh, my Hawks, led by DeAndre Hunter, some would wonder. <laughs> uh, and then the T-Wolves finally won a game, Grant, your Timberwolves. Congratulations. Well, I'm glad we'd get one more game of Nuggets-Wolves, just for fun. Just for vibes. DeJounte Murray by your Hawks. He's going to get suspended for. Yeah. Bumping uh, a ref. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What an idiot. You don't do that. He was going off the court type stuff. It is. It is. And he knows you don't do it, which makes it more. It's like gambling on football. 
You know, like you don't bump refs. You don't bump umpires unless you are a really funny major league baseball manager. Yeah. Like well, Bobby Cox, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Years ago. Then it's fine. That's just who you are. That's okay. Lou Pinella. Right. He's a man of his era. That's what they would say. (laughs) But, yeah, that's some inexcusable stuff. Celtics seem to be wrapping that one up. And Celtic Sixers with a banged up and bead. It's like you mentioned it as well. Aren't a lot of overly impressive teams, minus the Celtics. They're playing great basketball right now. Not right now. Uh, Joel Embiid got himself hurt, and that's something that I believe after watching him the other night. Uh, and also, interesting, our presumptive MVP gets hurt. His team has no problem dispatching the Nets. Giannis is probably going to finish third. He gets hurt, and his team can't beat the Heat, who are ass. Just saying. <laughs> uh, and then you got Grizzlies-Lakers tonight, and Doris Burke was ripping Dylan Brooks on the broadcast the other day. Yeah. With all the stuff Dylan Brooks has said about LeBron and about how unimpressed he is until he puts up 40 on him and not really respecting, calling LeBron just old. Then the Lakers take a two-to-one lead, and Brooks gets ejected, right, for for a nut tap. And he was a non-factor. And Doris Burke, like, people are saying on Twitter that and around NBA circles that uh, Dylan Brooks is is talking himself off of the Grizzlies roster. Yeah, shooting himself out of the Grizzlies roster, too. Well, yeah. I don't know. There's a little bit of a Westbrook thing where it's like, I am the best player, and I'm going to shoot like I'm the best player, despite not actually being the best player. I don't know, man. If you're going to play the heel, you got to lean into it, right? You can't talk crap after a win, and then after a loss, be like, no, I'm not talking. No, that's not how that works, especially after you hit LeBron in the private area. (laughs) It's also, if you want to play the heel... It's a lot easier when you have LeBron on your team and he bails yes. you out. Yes. The Grizzlies are, Curry, are fine. Like Draymond. Exactly. If you have a great team and you're just that guy, be that guy. By the way, with Steph, I wanted to bring this up when we were chatting today. Pass this along to Zach Heilprin at some point. And Zach will do the whole, I don't care, it's NBA. Uh, spring practice. So he, relax, like relax, relax. Relax. But... Watching Steph Curry at this stage of his career, pretty amazing the way he can run nonstop and never get tired. All I'm saying, I get made fun of a lot for being a cross-country track guy. I think (laughs) Steph Curry is a great example to young athletes on why if you don't play a spring sport, but you're a football basketball guy, let's let's get in track. Let's run some 400 repeats. Let's let's get in great cardio shape so we can do what Steph Curry can do on a night-to-night basis. That's all I'm saying. Because I'm scared of angering people, I'm not going to comment on cross-country. Okay. But I will say, if there's one takeaway from the Badger spring practice is that on Saturday, the offensive yes. line got worn out. They're going yeah. really fast. They got yeah. worse as, as the practice went along. So maybe... It was not the conditions? It was not the conditions. The, the it conditions, was the conditioning. The conditions were a story, definitely part of the story. You can't tell the story of Wisconsin spring practice without snow. And also without the offense struggling to do anything. I think six interceptions on the day. Let's get in shape. Offensive line. 877-867-1670. So that's all going on later tonight and throughout the sporting world. Brian Gudekinst again, 3.30. He will speak to reporters. 
I've missed, I, I must say, I've missed a little bit the the Brian Gutekind's Matt LaFleur press conference, getting the clips, being able to play the interesting ones, and then yeah, chuckling at the ones that maybe aren't as pertinent at at the wording used by the, by the head coach and or GM. I, I'm excited to react to a press conference. It's, really? It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, I have to listen well, to all of it, but. You were talking about Bakhtiari. You saw he went on Mike Silver's podcast on the volume. Yeah, that's where he was talking about his use of the word they to re- to refer to the Packers. But he said front office, even though the sentence was, I don't know, are they going to be good? Are they going to be bad? Who knows? Speaking of, no, the team. So I don't yeah. buy that. I don't this really buy that is, for a second. What are we going to say? It's not a rebuild? Well, I don't know if it's a rebuild or not. I think we can all agree that the Super Bowl is probably out of the question next year, which will be such a departure from the last decade when, when the Packers made so many of them. How will we ever survive as Packers fans? We did that topic after Bakhtiari spoke of if the Packers were in a rebuild. I would argue they're they're not. A rebuild, no. a rebuild is when you are drafting each year in the top five, don't have a quarterback, and everyone knows you're going to stink. I think there's a realistic chance they make the playoffs, which inherently yeah. does not mean they're rebuilding. Are they moving on to another era? Sure. Maybe that's that's arguing the meaning of the word more so than what the message was. I still, I don't know, the more time we get away from that whole appearance, the more it doesn't sit right. The Bakhtiari thing. I didn't think it, it was the biggest deal. Everyone freaked out about it. I just, I'm not a big fan of it, to be honest. Maybe that's my old school curmudgeon take of the day. It's like, I don't know. Go on podcasts with your friends, but don't say anything controversial. You know? Start there. Yeah. Maybe Roger set the bar low when it comes to going on podcasts with your friends. This is very true. And saying things that may be deemed controversial. Um, all right, 877-867-1670. We can have time for a couple phone calls when we come back. Finish previewing the night, previewing what's going on throughout the week. It's Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. back bill michaels show ben kenny grant bills a couple segments till we get out of here uh grant you know i was thinking about this during break uh an 877-867-1670 if you want to join the show i think there are two things i want today maybe through okay through the through midnight at least until i go on air tomorrow and possibly a bucks win could change this I want two things. Number one, I want Brian Gutekunst to be asked during his press conference if the 49ers are involved in the trade for Aaron Rodgers. Ah. So that he could say no, and then all of the New York media can stop talking about the rumor they started that kind of doesn't have legs and doesn't make sense. Okay. That would be the first. Even though, would it be better for him to say they are involved to get the Jets to be desperate? I don't know. Maybe he goes to a writer and say, hey, ask me if the Niners are involved. I want to make it look like they are. Uh That is actually a storyline I'm thinking about. 
What if will he be asked if other teams are involved for Rodgers? That's one. Number two, I would like the phrase, the the words put together that form the phrase must win. I would like that to be banned by the FCC. Thank you. W. Massive, very common Ben Kenny W. Thank you. Do the, do the Bucks have to win tonight, Grant? Yes. I don't know. Probably. Did they have to win game three? Uh, probably yes as well. Would have helped. Would have been nice. Yeah. They had to sweep because Giannis is hurt, right? It's the freaking playoffs. The more games you win, the fewer games you have to play, which means the better set you are later. Must win. Yeah, week one for the Packers, whoever they play. Is it a must win? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it, it'd be great if they won. It'd suck yep. if they lost. I just, this whole. Can the Bucks lose playoffs. tonight, Grant? Here's the no. other part. No, no. they can't. They Theoretically, can't lose. Could, could they lose? I Yeah, and then they could go and have a comeback. I, I, I don't know. It's important. Can we just say that? They must win. I'm bummed that we didn't spend at least one hour of the show debating whether this game was a must win or not. That's on me. Hey, that's on me. No, that's on no, me no, 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 no. as the part uh, part host, part producer of the program. I don't know what my role is other than just <laughs> yell loudly over Skype and then cut <laughs> you off and then lose connection here and there. I just, I don't know. All of the discourse around this playoff run, which so far has been very brief. It's only been three games. It's been very annoying. Is this a must win? With drop coverage, bad. Let's get halftime adjustments. Uh, is Chris Middleton a number two? It's just all of my least favorite things. Just all the time. Playing on a loop on sports radio. I am miserable. And I, look, I am a mature, grown NBA fan that has seen my team go through the gamut. Run the whole length of the race all the way to the NBA championship. I understand what it takes. And yet I am... I, I am crumbling. I'm not handling this well. These three games have beaten me up. I wake up every morning in a cold sweat, wondering if today is the day it gets better or if today's the day it's going to get worse. Luckily, Warriors and, and Kings and Lakers and Grizzlies, luckily some of these other series have been more interesting. So the NBA media at large has not yet turned their sights onto what the Bucks are doing, which is getting beaten by a heat team that's not good. They need to win tonight. Yes. Call it a must win if you want. I don't care. Use whatever words that you want, but they need to win this game. Yeah, but also if they lose, they could still win. Sure. It's just you, you, everyone talks themselves in circles. Do they have to win? Well, they better win, but do they have to win? No, they technically don't have to win. But then so you're like, only elimination games must wins. Is that is that where we are in society? I, I would like to just speak in literal terms, which sometimes I have issue with. Like I have issue doing at moments. But yes. So there's the two things I want. I want the FCC to ban the term must win. I should have bleeped that out. Uh, and I, I would like for Brian Gutekinds to stop the Aaron, stop the Niners stuff. Just just the Niners stuff. I'm putting the Bobby me in media again. That's because I have to go to, to the WFAN clips of them saying Rogers to the Niners is real and then play it and then realize that they didn't say anything. They just said that the well, Niners are trading Trey Lance. Who are the real losers here? Bucks fans that are squabbling about whether this is a must win or, or fans in New York who've convinced themselves that every team in the world is trying to trade for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> We're all idiots. We're all losers. All of us. We're all losers.
Yes. Also because a lot of our emotional well-being is going to rely on whether the Bucks win tonight, which oh, therein lies another problem. You better believe it does, Ben <laughs> Kenny. A lot of my emotional ba- I My problem was is I watched game three with my girlfriend on Saturday, and I mm. refused to make a fool of myself watching sports with my girlfriend, even if my team melts down. So what happens is I, I harbor those emotions, and I save them for when I do have an outlet for them. And yesterday, I was watching Kings Warriors, having a good time. It all hit this morning. I was staring down the barrel of an angry Bill Simmons, Ryan Rossillo podcast, eulogizing what a disappointing team the 2023 Bucks were. I can't have that. I won't have it. I'm not prepared for this reality. That's good. I was out at a bar. Here's an actually, this is a real issue. The bar I was at, Grant. They never, they have never once played the audio of a sports game through the speakers. No matter what, no matter what music, 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 music. I can guarantee you 90% of the people in the bar at the time of the Bucks game starting were there with the purpose to watch the Bucks game. And they have a lot of TVs and it's great. They, They play other things. The Brewers were on, on the side, didn't play the audio of the game. And it totally ruined my viewing experience. 100%. 100%. It also was very easy to not lend a very watchful eye to the game when you realize that they're getting somewhat destroyed. The audio is not playing. You get distracted. Yeah. You know, Dude, I, I tweeted this earlier, and I 100% believe this. I was, I was tweeting through it about concern, and uh, somebody responded. They were like, how did we do this in 2021? How do we survive a championship run? And I said, honestly, I was drinking a lot more in 2021. I had a lot less going on in life. I just spent a lot more time at bars. I seriously think that helped. And I, I'm not prepared to deal with this. Like, what do I, what do I do? What do I do, Ben? I'm losing it. If you can't tell. Hmm. Yeah. For the well-being of Grant. Uh, unfortunately, we're not going to get that tomorrow though. Though People will get it tomorrow from four to six on the Wisco sports show for the well-being of Grant. It's a must win. I think that's where we could settle. 877-867-1670. We'll close it out next. It's the Bill Michaels Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Bill Michaels Show, closing it out. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills. Bucks tonight, seven point favorites over the Heat. The Brewers and the Tigers are in action. You got Mr. Gudikin speaking to the media in about an hour and a half. Uh, Grant, you got the Wisco Sports Show tonight, four to six. Yeah. And then uh, coming up tomorrow, it is a, it's going to be a solo Kenny first two hours of the program, 10 to 12, talking about Gudikin's press conference. The takeaways, the Bucks game, probably a Brewers comment mixed in, but focusing on Gudikins and the Bucks, and then Mister Zach Heilprin is going to join me for twelve to two. Speaking of of all the stories going on, so that's what to look for tomorrow. Uh, Bill will be back on Wednesday. I forgot to talk about his Instagram use, which I might save until he's back. He's living his best life on the beach. Have you looked at his Instagram? Yeah, he was sitting around some drum circle on the beach. Yeah, but he posts every picture twice. That I didn't notice. I'm going to pull it up again. 
but 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 maybe we have a conversation about a uh oh it's oh it's, some pictures have been posted twice with uh different captions see what happens when he doesn't have you ben yeah maybe we'll do some best practices on on instagram when when he returns so i can be i really abuse. hope have just about locked the series up by the time bill is back make it easy on him that would yeah that would be that'd be great well that's a win today and then that would be before game game five i guess yeah they play again on wednesday still at 8 30 games in milwaukee by the way oh, nice job nba yeah it's ridiculous uh two two with a dominating win tonight i i think everything is almost fine except for some of the bad games they've had but let's i don't know just win the damn game tonight. I don't want to do yep. the. I don't want to say the sky is falling tomorrow, but if they lose, it objectively will be, and someone's yep. getting ripped. Yep. So, uh, as always, we thank you for hanging out. Thank you for for bearing until Bill returns. Grant, thank you as always, buddy. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate it. And I will talk to you again in 20 hours. Until then, enjoy the game tonight. Have a good one, everybody. See ya.